Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I believe that today's word is going to really bless you and help you practically to flow in ministering healing to the sick. So if you can turn with me in your Bible to, to Isaiah chapter 53. Now the prophet Isaiah here is prophesying about the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. He says, verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten and afflicted by God, as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement, needful to obtain peace and well-being for us, was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquity of us all. Okay, so Jesus paid the price for whatever area in your life. Now, today I want to just look at healing. Healing is, for me, it's part of something much greater, something much deeper that Christ has done and Christ has given for us, which is eternal life. When we have life, we all automatically have the healing. Healing is a fruit of the life that we have in Christ. When we receive the life that Christ gives to us as a free gift by faith in Him, then our bodies is restored and all the sicknesses goes out of our bodies. Okay, so I want to look at a few scriptures on healing and on life and so on, and I believe you're going to be really blessed. Right, now the, the source of sickness. People may ask, where does sickness come from? Where does it all, where did it all be begin and why does God allow it? And all? Let me just come with this right from the beginning. God does not allow sickness. God has no hand in sickness. God has nothing to do with sickness. God doesn't even, you know, he, he has no sickness in his mind. He has nothing to do with it. Okay? So why... Is the world full of sickness then? Okay, the answer for that is really simple. Romans 5 verse 12. Therefore as sin came into the world through one man, and death as the result of sin, so death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power because all men sinned. Okay, so when we ask the question, where does all suffering come from? Where does all sin come from? Where does all sickness come from? The answer is very simple. Adam sinned. And Adam brought sin into the world, and death came into the world through that sin. Now, if we say today that God gives us sickness in order to teach us something, God gives us sickness in order to draw us closer to Him, as tradition tells us, that, according to this scripture, we then mean that God is a partner with sin, because death and, and sickness entered into the world through sin. So, sin, sickness, and death is in the same camp. Healing and life and salvation is in a different camp. Okay? So, God has nothing to do with sin, sickness, or death in your life or in your circumstances. Okay? So, um, some people reason. They say, no, but uh, why then does the law say, you know, in Deuteronomy, it says, uh, you know, God will bring all these sicknesses and curses on you. How can you then say that, that God has no 
uh, hand in sickness and sin. Let me explain this to you. We will read Deuteronomy 28 right now. Okay? So, there was, there was life and perfection in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve lived there in fellowship with God and there was no sickness at all. God made everything good. And he warned them, he said, do not eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, for in that day you will die. And they did eat. Okay? So sickness and death was brought in because of what Adam and Eve decided to do. God gave them authority and they made that choice. Okay? So they brought it in. Okay? So God wanted to save people from sin, sickness and death. So the only reason how God could save us from sin, sickness, and death is if he could punish that sin and get it out of the way. But he already gave all the authority to Adam and Eve. Now, in previous programs, we have spoken about this in more detail, but I'll just mention it. Okay? So the Bible says, just after this in, in um, chapter, verse 13, To be sure, sin was in the world before ever the law was given. But sin is not charged to men's account where there is no law to transgress. And Romans 4 says much the same. Verse 15, it says, For the law results in divine wrath, but uh, where there is no law, there is no transgression of it either. Okay, so God could not punish sin because there was no law. Now, we all know the law was given in the form of a covenant. A covenant is a contract. So, God made an agreement on a plain field, an agreement with the Israelites. Okay? So, you can check it out in Exodus 24 where Moses came down the mountain and he, and he said to them, uh, these are the things that God says that you must do today. And they all, in one voice, answered, we will do the things that God commands us to do this day and we will be obedient. And then it was written in the book of the law. And then Moses repeated it. He read it before them. And in one voice they answered. And they said, uh, the, we will be obedient to the things that God commands us this day. Okay? And then the blood was sprinkled. The blood of the covenant. Okay? So God brought the covenant in order to be able to have the jurisdiction to bring punishment. There was a contract. And the contract had penalty clauses. So they said they will do it. And then God will bless them. Okay? But they could not do it. Then the penalty clauses got in. Then the curses was there. Now, if there was no curse, there was nothing to atone for. Okay? <laughs> so, the law and the, the covenant didn't exist completely on its own. With the law, God sent the prophets to prophesy of the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow. The, the uh, prophets... And the law testifies about Jesus Christ. And I, I have repeated this a, a lot of times, but I need to say it today as well. So in John chapter 5, Jesus said, You search the scriptures diligently and you suppose that you have life through them. But these scriptures testify about me. John 5.39 So the scriptures testifies about Jesus. So the law and the prophets was given together. And together, these scriptures testify about the Messiah, the Christ, that should come to pay the price for the sin of the world and set us all free. Okay, so now, if Jesus now, uh, he was born a Jew, a party to the contract. If now Jesus came and he uh, was the fulfillment of everything that was written about him. You know, in Hebrews chapter 10, he says, Here I am, Lord, coming to fulfill everything that is written about me in the volume of the book. 
And in accordance with this will, he says in um, verse 10, uh, we have been made holy through the offering of the flesh body of Jesus Christ once for all. Okay, so we have been made holy. Jesus now has paid that price. So why is this significant in this context now? It's because uh, we must realize that the, the law was given for a certain purpose. The law wasn't given to curse us. The law was given so that God can have jurisdiction to uh, punish sin in the flesh. And then he sent his own son as a perfect offering, as a perfect sacrifice to take that punishment on him. And after the punishment was completely fulfilled, the gospel went out and the mystery was revealed to the world that you are now forgiven, you are now healed by the stripes of Jesus and that Christ now is your source of life and he gives his spirit that comes and dwells in you and he's, uh, you know, he becomes a source, a, a fountain, a river of living water nourishing your body but also flowing from you and healing all the people around you. Okay? So we need to understand why the covenant was given. It was given for a specific time. Galatians 3 says it was supposed to be in effect until the seed should come. Okay. So did Jesus come? Yes. So the, the time for the covenant is over now. Okay. So when I read Deuteronomy 28, okay, it says if. <laughs> I cannot uh, do the if. I cannot fulfill the condition. I am not uh, strong enough to do it. Okay? But Jesus was and he already has. Okay? So, but you know, what I want to focus on today is the if not, the curse part. And then we can realize that the curse of Deuteronomy 28 that Jesus took on his body on the cross. And we can rejoice in the cursed part of Deuteronomy 28 because we can realize, man, this is a checklist of everything that Jesus has done for me on the cross. So just turn with me to Deuteronomy 28. Okay, so in verse 1, he says, If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, Okay, so he says if, and he says all. <laughs> so if you miss one, then the if is not met. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Lord God will set you high above the, the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, if you heed the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field, blessed shall you be the fruit of your body and the fruit, etc. A couple of blessing, blessings mentioned, um, among which is, you know, perfect wellness of your body and prosperity and all that okay so <laughs> the the point is it is it says if and the condition is completely impossible so you cannot look at Deuteronomy 28 and think this is a blessing that I will get when I do something for God okay so the last part of it no, the second part, which is a lot, much longer list than the blessing, says, But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Okay. <laughs> Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall you be your basket and your kneading trowel. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body, your land, increase of your cattle, the young and your sheep. Okay. Cursed, 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 cursed. Now look to verse 21. He says, The Lord will make the pestilence cling, cling to you until he has consumed you from the land into which you go to possess. The Lord will smite you with consumption, with fever and inflammation, 
fiery heat, sword and drought, blasting and mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. Okay, now let's just turn back to Isaiah 53. He says, He was smitten for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. These curses came upon Jesus. We enacted the curses by being disobedient. Okay, because no one could do it. All of us qualify for the curse. But then Jesus came. A perfect sacrifice. And he said, let it all come upon me. Let all these curses be absorbed in my perfect, holy, spotless body. So that the, the wrath of the law can be completely expressed in me. So that the law have no more word and no more curse to, to pronounce upon your life after that. Okay? So what Jesus did was, he absorbed all sickness, all death, and all sin in his body. And he... Uh, he gave up his life and that body went to the grave and the sin, sickness and death remained there and he took his life back again and he was raised. A, a new life lived for God, a new life that he had, uh, that he now has in which there is no sin, sickness or death, there is no temptation, there is no evil desire, nothing. Remember before the cross, Jesus was tempted of the devil, okay? So he, you know, Hebrews uh, chapter 2 also says, you know, he, uh, he, was, he knows what it is. He has sympathy with us because he knows what it is to be tempted. Okay? Hebrews 4 says he was tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. So he had that sinful desire dwelling in him, but he never gave heed to sin. He was the perfect sacrifice. He had the human experience, but he had the God nature in him. And he absorbed, he took all the wrath that the law could give. And he, he took it on himself so that we could be free. We wonder, you know, is it God's will to heal me? <laughs> the will of God concerning healing has been completely revealed. You know, people pray, Lord, if it be thy will, if it is your will. Okay, now you can pray that if you don't know the will of God. You know, should I buy this car or not? Lord, if it be your will, you know, <laughs> show me your will because I don't know it. But where the will of God is expressly revealed in the word, you know, then you read, need to read the word instead of asking if it be your will because he's already revealed his will. And his will is so clearly revealed in Isaiah 53. You know, it so clearly speaks about the cross of Christ. And there's so many scriptures that we will look, still look at, you know, that will, that will reveal the will of God concerning healing. Okay, so now here's Jesus in the flesh speaking to a sick person. Mark 1 verse 41. And a leper came to him, begging him on his knees and saying to him, If you are willing, you are able to make me clean. And being moved with pity and sympathy, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be made clean. So the guy didn't doubt the ability of Jesus, but he did not know, is it his will? Then God was moved with compassion. So what we need to look at, in the character of Christ, when we look to Him, is to rather look at His compassion, His love, how He feels about us, than to look at His ability to heal. Because a lot of people have this, this thing, will God, does God will to heal me? I know He can, but does He want to heal me? Here, this guy asked, and the first thing God, Jesus said to him, I will be made whole. Okay, so He completely cancelled the doubt, and He just said, I will make you you, so that the guy could believe and be healed. Okay? Now in Galatians chapter 3, it is, 
very express, you know, about where we are blessed. You know, we are not blessed with Deuteronomy 28 with the if blessings, with the conditional blessings, okay? So, just, I'll, I'm going to read a couple of verses and then you just, you just listen to what I have to say here. So then those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored by God as partners in fellowship with the believing and trusting Abraham. It's a completely different set of blessings. It's not if you do. It is, we are blessed with the believing Abraham. Now listen with everything in you. And all who depend on the law, who are seeking to be justified by obedience to the law, are under a curse and doomed to disappointment and destruction, for it is written in the scriptures. Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the precepts written in the book of the law and to practice them. Okay, now it is evident that no person is justified through the law. Okay, so it, you cannot look at Deuteronomy 28 and think you will get healing if you do something. You need to look to Jesus Christ, to his revealed will, to what he did for you on the cross. And you need to look to the word and realize it's God's will that life and healing comes to you. Alright, so let's just look to the character of Christ. You know, in, in Acts chapter 10. Verse 38, as I'm paging there, it's, it's such a nice, it's such a clear description of who God is, who Jesus is, and who Satan is, and what their intent is towards people. He says here, verse 38, How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good, and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. So if God is with you, it means that you will go about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. So who does the oppressing? The devil. Who does the healing? God. Okay? So just get the two uh, out of each other. There is, there is no way that God has in his mind that you must have sickness in order to teach you something. That you must have sickness so that you can come closer. If someone gives me cancer to bring me closer to that person, I don't want to be close to that person. Okay? But if, uh, if someone comes and brings life and heals me of a sickness, I will be filled with love and joy and gratitude. Okay? So just think of what we, th what we say about God. You know, it's, it just doesn't make sense. Why would God heal us and make us sick? It makes no sense. In John chapter 11, at the, when, when um, Lazarus was, was raised from the dead, he said to Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He does not only give life. Yes, he gives life. But not only, he is the life. So he cannot give anything but life and resurrection. There is no way that Jesus will do anything else for you. Okay, so you need to hear this so that you can, you can believe the word and, uh, and so that the word can be powerful in your life. Okay, so uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you hear a message that brings doubt in your mind whether God wants to heal you or give you life, then it is impossible for you to have faith to be healed. Okay, so people, you know, traditional people, a lot of them say, you know, like, like I said before, um, you know, God has given me this thing 
um, it's blessed me so much, this cancer, because it brought me closer to God. Okay, so if cancer is such a blessing from God, why do we then go the next day to the nearest doctor to get rid of this wonderful blessing that God has given us? Okay, the same with poverty. If poverty is such a blessing from God, why do we go to, to work every day to get rid of this wonderful blessing of poverty that God has given us? You know, do you realize the reasoning here? It's just completely silly. So, if, if God has given me sickness, it means every doctor in the world is against God. And that is surely not true. Okay? <laughs> so we just need to realize, you know, the, get some perspective about what we are saying each day and realize that God's heart for us is only to be healed. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel, to every creature of the whole human race. He who believes and relies on the gospel and in him who it sets forth and is baptized will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere to trust and rely on the gospel and in him who it sets forth will be condemned. And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new languages, they will pick up serpents, and even if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will get well. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord kept working with them, and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it. Okay, so Jesus said, go and preach. These signs will follow them that believe, and one of them, they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, I, I tell you, a lot of people say, you know, it doesn't happen when I do it. So I say, okay, how many times have you done it? Okay, so the first time I took this scripture and went to find some sick people, they got healed. Okay, so I'm just saying, if my rea reality doesn't reflect the truth of the scripture, then my reality must change because this is truth and it cannot change. Okay, so now let's look at, at the reality of this recorded in the book of Acts. And with great strength and ability and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace, loving kindness and favor and goodwill rested richly upon all, upon them all. So wherever they went, this grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit was with them. So they preached, but the preaching was, was always with the power of God. There were always miracles, attesting signs and, and miracles that accompanied the preaching of the gospel. So, you know, if you hear preaching and there's no signs and wonders and miracles, then I don't really know if there's a, a, a true um, revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, there, there might be some some doubt in the heart of the guy preaching about who Christ is. You know, I don't know, I don't know who you listen to. But what I'm saying is, if the fruit of the preaching is not power and signs and wonders and miracles, then I advise you to change what you hear. Because what you hear will directly influence the power or the lack thereof that flows from your life. And great crowds of people with one accord listened to and heeded what was said by Philip. 
as they heard him and watched the miracles and wonders which he kept perform performing from time to time. For foul spirits came out of many who were possessed by them, screaming and shouting with a loud voice, and many who were suffering with palsy or were crippled were restored to health. Okay, so Paul, uh, Philip, he, he wasn't even an apostle, and he went about and he preached, and you know, people screamed as evil spirits came out of them and they were all healed and everyone just sat there watching the miracles. <laughs> I want to encourage you to get your hands on the sick. They will not get healed themselves. You need to take your hands and put them on the sick and believe that God is there to heal them. I believe the grace of God is coming to the church where the, the people of God will once again stand up in power and minister healing to whoever needs it. So Paul and Barnabas stayed on there for a long time, speaking freely and fearlessly and boldly in the Lord who confirmed, uh, who continued to bear testimony to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be performed by their hands. Okay, it is just so clear. He granted signs and wonders to be performed by their hands. Okay, so the same one, verse, verse 7. And there they continued to preach the glad tidings. So they were preaching the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did for us. Now at Lystra, a man sat who found it impossible to use his feet, for he was a cripple from birth, and he had never walked. He was listening to Paul as he talked, and Paul gazing intently at him and observing that he had faith to be healed, shouted at him, stand erect on your feet, and he leaped up and walked. So the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ will produce faith, and the faith in Christ will always release power, and people will be healed. I don't care what is the problem. I don't care uh, w what people suffer from. But I tell you now, when the true gospel is preached, there will always be power. Okay? And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, I want to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, Paul walked in, in signs and wonders and miracles. That's Him that they're speaking about here. So let's just get back to the cross of Christ. Concerning healing and life and anything that you need. Let's get back to the cross of Christ. And preach the cross of Christ to people. So that they can have faith in Jesus. And then that faith stirred up in them. Will enable them to do, uh, go and do the things that God commanded them to do. So I believe we've read enough to, to realize that it is the will of God. Absolutely the will of God. That you will be healed there in your house. Lord Jesus, I just pray for whoever is watching me now. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that healing and life will flow through the airwaves and touch the, the lives of these people, touch their bodies. I just pray that everyone will be completely healed and set free.